my name is Carrie Stevens, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Allison Warner. We are the co-chief editors of Plastic Surgery Practice. Thank you for joining us for today's podcast. Today, we are joined by Dr. Alex Sararian to discuss the rise of Brazilian butt lift reversals. It's a topic he recently covered in an article for PSP. Dr. Zerarian is the founder of Zuri Plastic Surgery in Miami, where he specializes in aesthetic procedures of the face and body, including the facelift, eyelid surgery, rhinoplasty, breast augmentation reduction, abdominoplasty, liposuction, and the Brazilian butt lift. Dr. Zerarian, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much to, to both of you for having me on. Yeah, we love having you on, and we're so glad you're back. Um, to start, can you talk about what's leading to the rise of BBL reversals? And like people are saying on Twitter or Instagram, can you talk about what's leading to, to the rise of BBL reversals? Is it really the end of the BBL era, like some are saying? Yeah, there's a lot of talk out there about the, the end of the BBL era. Uh, some of my colleagues have referenced that uh, a couple of times uh, in the not um, too distant past. I think that what's happening is that we're seeing a lot of patients that are getting BBLs that are just very over the top, overly done. Uh, they just look disproportionate. And I think people are getting kind of a sour taste in their mouth for the for the BBL, just because it's, it just doesn't look aesthetic a lot of times. And, and I think that, um, you know, it, people are not attracted to that. I have a lot of patients that come from out of Miami, and they, uh, they come to visit or they come to have surgery with me, maybe not for a BBL, but just for like, you know, maybe a breast augmentation. And and they can't help to comment to me how many people they see walking in Miami with really outrageous, you know, BBL results that uh, they specifically do not want those results when they come to see me. Well, from a surgical perspective, how exactly is a reversal performed? Yeah, so a reversal is technically extremely challenging. It is so much easier to inject fat into the buttock. You can do that with much more precision, you can use a wireless ultrasound device, which by the way, uh, you know, hot off the press here in the state of Florida, you are now required to use a wireless ultrasound to inject fat, which I've been doing for the last five years, but now it is Florida law. I don't know, I can't speak to the rest of the 49 states, but uh, here where I practice, it is now law for safety reasons. Uh, we are, I would say, I could argue that we're the number one state um, in the country for BBLs and, and for the amount of BBLs that we do. Um, I, obviously, I think Miami is number one in the nation for that. But uh, removing fat is very, very complicated. Uh, reason being is that it's very imprecise. Uh, there's a lot of tissue laxity that can occur afterwards and skin laxity that can lead to some very uh, poor cosmetic outcomes. So um, what would your, you know, if a plastic surgeon is talking to a patient about a reversal, what, what would you want them to say to the patient? Or what are you saying to your patients? Yeah, so first of all, um, I mean, I would start from the beginning. If you're thinking about having a Brazilian butt lift, <clears throat> you know, really do a good job to investigate what kind of surgeon you're going to. Uh, there are surgeons, just like they're breast augmentation surgeons, that just love to put in big implants and they like, you know, that's just their style. Um, you know, you want to look at the BBL before and after results for the surgeon that you're going to, you know, contemplate on having surgery with, because you may see a pattern in his or her before and after results where the buttocks, you know, are just very large or, um, you know, a lot of hips, 
you know, very, very wide hourglass shape. Um, you know, some patients are really looking for that particular aesthetic, but I find myself talking to a lot of patients that don't want that. Um, a lot of, a lot of patients are, you know, moms that have few kids. They just want to look good. They want to kind of reverse some of the signs of aging, but they don't want to go over the top. So that's one thing. If you're talking about BBL reversal, yeah. that's a whole other thing, a whole other, um, you know, a process. Very few surgeons do it. Uh, most surgeons shy away from it. Uh, you want to go to a surgeon who has a history at least of, 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 of being able to do, do them relatively successfully. I say relatively because I have never seen a BBL reversal that I've really thought was great. Mm. Um, and so that's always a concern. You always want to also ask about skin tightening when it comes to the BBL reversal, because once you start removing, you know, fat and you start losing volume, the skin, uh, will, 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 will many times sag. So yeah. is the surgeon using any, any type of radio frequency skin tightening or any other technology? Okay, so this isn't a procedure that can really be done in isolation. Uh, yeah, yeah, I would combine uh, liposuction with skin tightening. Um, and there's a lot of name, name brands, excuse me, name brand skin tightening devices out there on the market um, that all are based basically on radio frequency type of skin tightening. But I would always add that to the um, liposuction for the fat removal just to try to get a tighter skin envelope, get a better result. Um, and I would definitely use wireless ultrasound when removing the fat as well, because just because you're taking out fat doesn't make it, you know, all the less uh, dangerous as uh, when you're injecting the fat. Um, you know, a misplaced cannula can push fat uh, that's already there into structures that we don't want them to end up in, like big arteries, big veins. Um, so that's, that's, that's very important. So to talk about it, um, how risky is this procedure then? The BBL itself is, is very risky. Um, there, there are numbers out there where they're quoting one in 3000, uh, mortality rate, uh, regarding BBL. That study is uh, a little old, but, um, we don't really have anything more recent than that to look at mortality. There was a very important aesthetic society task force. So it was multidisciplinary that looked at cadaver dissections. And it's probably the best that we have as plastic surgeons regarding, you know, safety, safety techniques when performing BBL. Um, you know, this is now why the ultrasound is being pushed uh, as well as a safety measure. And also got to remember in regards to the BBL reversal that a lot of the surgeons up until this, these laws came about, about not injecting fat into the muscle. Um, a lot of these surgeons were injecting fat directly into the muscle. And if you want a BBL reversal, but the vast majority of your fat is inside the muscle, there is nothing you can really do about that. Oh, okay. Mm, that's interesting. You won't be able to reverse it. Oh, okay. Wow. So who is not a good candidate then for a BBL reversal? <laughs> um, <laughs> I would say a candidate who went to a surgeon who was, you know, well known for injecting fat into the muscle, mm. that that's not going to be a great candidate. A candidate that has, uh, you know, maybe gained a lot of weight and then maybe lost a lot of weight, uh, maybe a candidate who has had multiple pregnancies, all because of the skin laxity that happens due to those physiologic, you know, life changing processes. 
that are going to set you up for a bad result. It's going to set you up for skin sagging. And of course, the skin isn't going to sag at the top of the buttock. It's going to sag at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not going to be very attractive yeah. at all. Also, if you're trying to reduce a very, very large buttock, it makes it even more challenging versus maybe a tighter, smaller uh, buttock. You know, you can do minor adjustments. You can take out mm-hmm. 400 cc's or milliliters, you know, 500 on each side. And you could get a, a, a decent result out of it if the buttock isn't, isn't you know, a very large, large buttock. But yeah, it's, it's a very specific patient population that is going to actually benefit from any type of reversal. That is interesting. So how does that make you, and just, you know, again, the end of the BBLR era, which I think a lot of people disagree with, but with the, the maybe rise of BBL reversals, how does that make you approach current or prospective BBL patients? Does that make you, does it make you pause a bit or not really? Yes, absolutely. Um, I think that a lot of patients need to understand that these fat grafting uh, procedures, um, not only to the buttock, mind you, and, and we could talk a little bit about that too, but fat grafting to other parts of the body, once that fat survives, uh, let's say you inject fat into the, the facial area, let's say the, the malar eminence or the cheek area or the, uh, underneath the, uh, you know, the tear trough or the under eyes, even the lips, um, these are places that if you don't really like your, your result, it's very difficult, if not impossible, in some areas to take that fat out. So when yeah. counseling patients and having conversations with patients, I tell, I, I tell them I'm very specific about letting them know that, yes, you're going to probably lose 30% of the fat that I inject in your buttock at about six months, which means you're going to keep about 70%. Right. But that being said, we have to, you know, we have to walk a fine line because if I if I put in too much fat, it's going to be very difficult to to come back from that and have a nice outcome. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, I think a lot more I think a lot more patients are are now becoming cognizant of that. They're they're understanding that a lot of patients when I first started practicing were much more concerned about the surgeon putting in max volume because they were really worried that they were going to lose 30% and they were not going to have the result that they, you know, that they wanted. And so they were really pushing hard for, you know, just put everything I got in there. Like, you know, (laughs) just go for it. Like no holds barred, (laughs) but but that's all changed now. Uh, That's really, you know, people are becoming more educated as to the fact that, Hey, if he overdoes it, um, it's going to be hard to get this reversed. Well, and aesthetic trends change. I mm-hmm. mean, mm-hmm. you know, maybe the Kardashian one one month it's Kardashian mm-hmm. look, and then the next month it could go back to, you know, this long, lean, tiny mm-hmm. part. I mean, mm-hmm. looks change. So, yeah, yeah, and the Kardashians changed themselves. Yeah, they did. They did. I mean, and they they're constantly evolving, and that's I mean that's the beauty of of aesthetics, right? Like you're you're never gonna be really stuck, pigeonholed in 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 one in one type of aesthetic whether it's buttock, breast, face, lips, you know, all the, all of this changes, you know, there are a lot of nuances in, in all of it. Yeah, very true. And I actually, I heard, speaking of the Kardashians, that people are saying Chloe had her BBL, which I'm, I don't buy into this, but people are saying, I think Chloe had her BBL reverse. So who knows? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, as someone who operates in, Lor- in Florida, where, you know, a, a lot of patients do come to Florida for those BBLs, um, what else do you want to tell your fellow plastic surgeons about this rise of BBLs? What What do you want your peers to know? 
Yeah, I mean, my peers should really recognize the danger of the operation. Um, they should recognize the importance of uh, continuing medical education, of training, of doing simulation uh, procedures, of going to national meetings, local meetings, you know, um, being on top of the technology, the newest technologies that come available for safety purposes, going to cadaver workshops, uh, you know, looking at the dissections of, you know, where the anatomy is. Uh, but I would really, really, really emphasize that it is a it is a doable procedure. It is a procedure that I personally have been doing for the past five years. I've done more than a thousand gluteal fat grafting operations. I've and and I'm going to knock on wood and knock on everything in this room right now where I'm sitting, but I, you know, I've never had, uh, thankfully, you know, a, 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 a negative result um, with, this, with this type of operation. So it is very doable. Uh, you shouldn't be scared of it. You should respect it. Um, you should know your anatomy. You should practice in, you know, in a situation where you're not putting a patient at risk, but, you know, using now we have a lot of ways to practice that we didn't have before. Um, and, and I think that that's really important. You know, read the re most recent articles and, uh, and then counsel your patients about, you know, about size, about, you know, that there is such thing as, you know, not being totally happy if your buttock is too large and that it's not going to be easy to come back from that. So nobody wants a repeat operation. Nobody wants to have more than one surgery. But, you know, I always tell all of my patients, Rome wasn't built in a day and they didn't get to the, you know, body that they have, you know, um, currently over the course of a week. These are these are years in the making. So it's only fair that you consider more than one operation sometimes to get to where you really want to go. That was super helpful. Um, just thank you, Dr. Z, so much. I mean, this was very informative. And to our listeners, be sure to check back on the MedCore Podcast Network for the next episode of the Plastic Surgery Practice Podcast. And in the meantime, to catch up on the latest industry news, please check out plasticsurgerypractice.com. Until next time, take care.